This is the Cleveland Guardians Fancast with your host, Quincy Wheeler, a podcast about the Cleveland Guardians and their fans. To the Cleveland Guardians Fancast. I'm your host, Quincy Wheeler. You can find us at Guardian Fancast on Twitter. You can email me at Quincy at GuardiansFancast.com. Also find my personal account, Quincy Wheeler1 on Twitter. Having a great time interacting with Guardians fans there, making fun of Mariners fans who think the Guardians are terrorists because they won some baseball games. Anyway, enough about that. We've had a chance to get the first look at our team for 2023, and it's been a good look with the Guardians taking three out of four games from the Mariners, even after losing the opening game of the series. Always hard to take a four-game series when you lose the first game, but they did it, and they've won three in a row, including wins over Logan Gilbert and Robbie Ray and Marco Gonzalez, who are all good pitchers, and the Guardians managed to find their way through that. We got to see Josh Bell. We got to see Mike Zanino. We got to see Tim Heron. What an amazing debut for Tim Heron. We got to see some more of Gabriel Arias and Hunter Gaddis. So that's been exciting. I can think of a few things that I've been very excited to see and some things that I'm still a little concerned about. So something I'm excited to see is that Eli Morgan seemed to be using his slider a little bit more. And if Morgan can have a semi-effective slider, that will make his changeup that much more effective. His changeup is devastating. So if he can keep hitters a little off balance and keep them off the changeup by throwing a slider, he should be able to be a very serviceable back end of the bullpen arm. It was a little interesting to see Sandlin's velocity down. A lot of people noted that his last inning on uh, Sunday was a little sketchy. They were hitting some long foul balls off of him. Uh, He usually can find a way to make things work with that deceptive arm action, but hopefully find some more velocity as time goes on. It seems to me, and this is anecdotal, I'd have to go and look at it, that the Guardians tend to ramp up their pitchers a little bit slower as far as velocity goes, maybe focusing on control. It's also important to remember that guys' velocity may go down a little bit this year with less time to recover between pitches, and that's okay. In the game, we want to see hitters be able to make a little more contact, and part of that is seeing if there's a way to maybe decrease velocity a little bit. The Guardians are well set to survive that with some excellent control uh, that almost all their pitchers have. It's good to see Stephen Kwan is still who we thought he was. It's good to see Josh Naylor is still who we thought he was. Can't hit left-handers, but absolutely crushes right-handers. Good to see Andre Semenez is still who we thought he was. Man, he was close in the game on Sunday to hitting another home run. Uh, he just looks amazing. I mean, what a great uh, extension. How excited we should be about that. I can't even say. Mike Zanino looks like who we hoped he would be at the plate, hitting a home run, hitting two doubles, the first Cleveland catcher with three extra base hits since Carlos Santana in 2017 or 2016, some some way back when, when Carlos Santana used to play some catcher. I don't think it was 2017 then. It was probably 2016 or 2015. I should have looked at the stat, but you can search for it on Twitter and find that answer. It hasn't happened in a while. 
And Tim Heron came into the game, left-handed reliever, filling in for Sam Hinches in that spot while he's gone. And Heron struck out the first four batters and the only four batters he faced. And he's the first pitcher to do that since at least 1893. Um, exciting to see. He's a tall guy. He's got some speed velocity he's also got a great movement on that sweeping slider excited to see how he works the rest of the year it looks like he should be pretty great against left-handers now of course with the league we'll get a book on him and he'll have to make some adjustments so i would expect to see him have some ups and downs in the road obviously he's not going to have a zero zero era unless he's tyler olson i joked the other day that maybe he's the better version of tyler olson tyler olson did have that one year where he had a zero zero era it was super fluky though and heron's stuff looks pretty good looks like he's not necessarily uh surviving by smokes and smoke and mirrors hunter gaddis had a rough outing showed a little bit of what he's capable of with his change up you got to give guys like that a little time show if they're capable of being a fifth starter or if maybe his stuff would play up in the pen. I think the Guardians will be pretty aggressive there. If he struggles a couple more times, they'll probably find other ways to make things work. Tanner Bybee's going to start in Columbus on Thursday, which is exciting to see. Oh, hey, maybe he's somebody that they'll rush along and get up in the majors if they need some extra help in the rotation. But in the meantime, Aaron Savali looked great. Uh, and, you know, I'm a huge Savali fan. If you listen here much, he's got the strikeout rate going. If he's got his control... If he's figuring out his pitch mix, he is basically a number three and possibly number two starter. Right now for the Guardians, he's the number two starter with McKenzie out, and he definitely pitched like it. Cal Quantrill had a rough day, but maybe a little bit rougher on paper than it actually was. Jimenez missed a ground ball that he probably could have got. It was tough, but he probably, most times he gets... Straw missed a incredibly difficult catch, but one that he usually makes. And then Josh Bell made an error. If you don't have those three things happen, I think he might even get the win in this game. So I, I wouldn't worry too much about Quantrill's start. He definitely relies on great defense, but the good news is that the Guardians have great defense, so he should continue to be a very serviceable back end of the rotation arm. He's a number four starter. If he has to be a number three starter, you live with that. Uh, but he's really a number four starter. Hopefully, Zach Plesak comes out with the same dedication as Aaron Savali to show us all uh, that he, what he's capable of to stay healthy and be able to help the team in as much ways as possible. Gets his control out there. So we'll see. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to be super excited about a Zach Plesak start, but he certainly is a great defender, and that's fun to see. I enjoy seeing the Guardians pitchers feel their position. They do a great job with it. They hustle to be exactly where they need to be. They make good throws. Cal Quantrill made an amazing throw to second base to nab a runner who had taken off for second base. Uh, it was just incredible. Zanino's got a good throwing arm. He's an amazing framer. Uh, but, of course, now we get into some concerns. Zanino is, by the metrics, not a good blocker of pitches. And the eye test backed that up. Every time there was something in the dirt, it was a wild pitch. And those were pitches we usually saw Austin Hedges stop. So Zanino is going to need to get ready to block some pitches in the dirt because Cleveland pitchers are going to throw him there. Hopefully he can keep some more in front of him, and hopefully he can continue to hit the ball like he has and be a great framer so that he can make up for a little loss of value as a blocking catcher. 
I like Zanino, though. It's it's hard for me not to root for the guy. You look at him behind the plate, he just seems like a comforting presence. I enjoyed hearing him talk about how to guide Karen Check through a rough appearance and through some emotional times. I think he's going to be a great help to this team everywhere he's been from Seattle to Tampa Bay. The fans love him. The players love him. So I still think it's a great signing, but there will be times where the inability to block pitches will be super annoying. And it was this past weekend. Hopefully it gets better as he continues to come back from thoracic outlet surgery, but it's great to see him get some hits. Josh Bell, he didn't, he got one hit, but he took like five or six walks. So the on-base per, uh, percentage is still working for him, and the ability to take walks is something that we heard about, and it definitely looks to be true. To me, I wasn't real concerned about anything I saw from him hitting-wise. He seemed like he was seeing the ball well, got a couple good swings off. So I imagine in a little bit of time, you'll start to see some of those hits drop. You'll see some home runs. You'll see some doubles. I still feel really good about the chances of him having a good year. And... Uh, it was good to see Miles Straw have a good series. He's showing that he's capable of hanging around at the plate, which is huge if you can get him to start. Uh, Will Brennan got the uh, first hit off of Luis Castillo, which is good to see. Arias got a hit. Uh, Valoria got to be, spend a little time behind the plate and looked pretty good there. I don't think he's going to be much of a hitter. I don't quite know what they're doing with the backup catcher thing. Seems to me if you're going to do that, you have to be super aggressive with it. Otherwise, you really need to bring up a player who can play more than just catcher to be on your bench. And I think they're probably going to do that before too long. I really think this must be something about trying to figure out if they want Gallagher or Valoria to back up Zanino. And I suspect that Tito and the old school crowd wants Gallagher because of the reliability of Gallagher behind the plate as a defensive catcher. And I suspect that the front office likes Valoria because there's a little bit more defensive and offensive upside with Valoria. That's my guess. Total guess, but that's what I guess about why the roster is constituted the way it is. So I think we'll probably see Valoria for a few more starts here and there. We'll see Valoria come in the games. And if things don't go super well for Valoria, they'll probably move on from him at some point. When you have someone breaking out, at AAA, who needs brought up? Maybe it's even Bo Naylor at some point, uh, but maybe it's Tyler Freeman. Maybe it's Richie Palacios. Uh, everybody in Columbus right now is hitting. <laughs> They're hitting the cover off the ball. Pitchers haven't done well, but they've been hitting the cover off the ball. So hopefully we'll see someone take that 26 and maybe offer the team a little bit more. You can see the limitations in that yesterday. It specifically was around where Tito chose to use Brennan. Not that I'm complaining. Uh, he did a great job managing the game, but it because of where he chose to use Brennan, it limited him on the ability to get a bat into the lineup where he needed to. I think when you've got Brennan and Arias on the bench, you can't really use them in a way that you're not planning on getting them to hit at some point too. Uh, and that's complicated. It's complicated. It might even cause you to lose your DH if it's the last inning of a game. So I think I have to be patient with Tito there and trust that he's going to find a way to get his guys some at-bats. We have to be patient with these young hitters as they're figuring things out. And patient at the beginning of the year as guys' stats won't look great until things finally settle down. Obviously, the bullpen was incredible this weekend uh, from Trevor Steffen to Eli Morgan, as I mentioned, and Nick Sandlin, as I mentioned, and Emmanuel Classe, ever reliable out there, looking great. They all 
did their jobs. De Los Santos looked amazing again. Just what an amazing find by the Guardians. Love when they can find relievers like that. Karen Check had his struggles. He looks like he's having a lot of trouble controlling the curveball the way that he needs to. And part of that might be the cold air in Seattle. Part of it might be the ability to rub up the ball, not as much as he used to in the past, doesn't have as much time. So we'll have to see how he adjusts to that. I saw people dancing on Karen Check's grave already. And look, I don't like Karen Check's uh, political stances on things. He said some pretty outrageous stuff. Well, good thing for him is he's taken down his social media, so we can only hope that he's growing from that. Not really sure that he is, but I can put all that aside and root for a team, root for a player. Don't have to agree with him on everything. In in Karachek's case, it's more about some pretty outrageous, hurtful stuff that he has posted. But in aside from that, there are some concerns about if he's going to be able to control his stuff without sticky stuff, without the rosin and sweat combination he was using last year to the amount that he was. I do think that he'll figure it out. I do think that he's got the stuff that he's probably got some experience working on it without sticky stuff as much as he was using before. He's had off season to work on it. He's had spring training to work on it. And I think that he'll probably figure out a way to be effective I do think that I would like to see Stefan and De Los Santos in those more high leverage roles than Karinchek for a while until he shows that he's really got command of that curveball because that's when he is a super dangerous weapon. One other thing I want to mention, I do hope that Jose Ramirez stops swinging at balls outside the strike zone. I feel like he's just trying to be a little too aggressive, and part of that might just be the beginning of the season, trying to get things going like he cares so much about helping the team he thinks he can get to pitches that he probably can't get to and if he does they won't be pitches he'll be able to hit very far I'm not concerned about Jose Ramirez let me be clear I know that he'll be fine but I do hope that there aren't some habits he's going to have to work through that he developed last season after he tore his thumb where he started really chasing pitches out of the zone maybe to try to compensate for not being able to hit the ball as hard he wanted to hit it more often and that's something he doesn't need to do. He can take his walks. If Jose takes his walks, things get really fun because then you get Josh Bell coming up with Jose on base. You get Josh Naylor coming up. And this team just makes so much contact that good things can happen, especially when you get guys on base. They need to be able to get by guys on base, and they need to be able to hit the occasional home run, which is what they did this week. Surround that with excellent pitching, and this team can go a long ways. And that should be very exciting to Guardians fans. Plus, they're always super fun to watch. Uh, go on the internet, see Jose Ramirez in, in a funny pose after the game and <laughs> being, ex- uh, being excited to go on to the next uh, stage to Oakland and play the athletics. And see the team hug after the games. They're drawing little hearts in the air and doing some sort of like spirit fingers type thing. So <laughs> it's fun to see them excited to play the game, excited to be back out there and just I always forget how much fun it is to watch your team play from Ahmed and his hustle to Josh Naylor and his bombs to Jose being Jose to the whole adorable team. It's just great to have them back and I can't wait to watch them again. It'll be nice when they're not on the West coast every night, but for now we'll take an extra cup of coffee and catch up with our boys in Oakland. Go guardians. This has been the Cleveland Guardians FanCast. You can find us Monday through Friday on any podcast service that you prefer. Don't 
forget to rate, subscribe, like, and download so that we can continue to produce these podcasts for your enjoyment. <laughs>